Ah, my, oh, my. You. Yeah, I'm wearing the same shirt. So what? Oh, now. About to witness. The awesome. Crushing might of UGS Robinson Show Sorry, what I said is I learned I learned German for my many trips to Germany with my group Oxbow, of which I am a singer, and uh, uh, and uh, but but it's very my German is very bad. However, I can speak well enough to get your pants off. So there is that. Anyway, this is V number eight zero eight zero eighty eighty. 80, 80, and uh, I'm going to depart. This show is going to be a departure in many ways because the show is about mm, 
Ja, scheiße. Ganz genau. Ganz genau. Scheiße. Um, this is going to be a departure. And uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Schwanz is dick. You're going to let me get into the show or you're going gonna to start talking about body parts. Anyway, listen, you and I both know that at the beginning of the show, I usually do commercials in which I tell you to go to patreon.com slash the stomper. And I tell you, if you can donate some money, you enough of you have gone to pinko95014 at yahoo.com and just donated directly to me for the show. Why are you doing the mind, Eugene? Well, I'll tell you what I did on the slide secretly. I snuck around back. I'm sorry. If you were wondering why I was so quiet during UFC Fight Night 158 yesterday on the Twitter machine, it was because I used the money to buy the, uh, the not more penis posters. I used the money to buy fucking ESPN Plus, and that's pretty much it. I talk a good game, but I, I don't have it in me to be the hermit crab anymore and to find places to watch it. So, uh, you know, it's a professional expense. It's one of the things uh, I also got to send out thanks out to Roma Raider, who has uh, tried his level best to get me to, uh, to uh, yeah, yeah, to get me to figure out the, uh, hey, you know, the blue balls. Hey, what was the name of that little dog we used to have again, the little one that we used to? A little one that we used to dye pink. Nah, the one that died. You know, a little snow, snowballs. That was his name. Um, something about the beta studio on YouTube makes it so we can't see the blue balls. So we've been trying to figure it out during this week. Those of you who helped me figure out the super chat, uh, I got it. I just haven't had time to sit down and do it. I did have time to call some of you this week. Some of you this week. So there is that. I did get that. Uh, I did get that done. So I, I'm not fully the king of empty promises. However, the commercial that I want to talk about when I say go to patreon.com slash uh, the stomper uh, or, you know, go to pinko9514 at yahoo.com. And that's the PayPal address. You can donate money. These are commercials that I figure it's due diligence. I do it at the top of every show. But I start to think about the elephants at the Oakland Zoo. And the elephants at the <coughs> sorry, and the elephants at the Oakland Zoo. Oh, all those guys out there who can't stand to see me eat, who go into the comments, fucking trying to put me on Front Street on Care Don't Care. That must drive you crazy. I went nuts today. I didn't have the chips, but you gotta know I went nuts. You don't like it? I love it. In any case, um, <clears throat> so I usually do the commercial at the top, but the elephants at the Oakland Zoo. They had just been driving up once a day. They throw the pumpkins out, and they drive away. And they noticed that the elephants were fucking depressed. They were depressed. They, they didn't like the largesse. They didn't, lurk the, didn't like the surfeit of, of food. They're foragers. They like to find their food. Somebody said finally, why don't we hide the pumpkins? We're going to fucking hide the pumpkins. And they hid the pumpkins, and the quality of life for the elephants in the, in the Oakland Zoo improved like in a noticeable way. They gained weight. They seem to be whatever, they're happier, you know. Um, so, a, uh, a, you know, it was a good thing. I'm doing that with the show. As of V80, there will be no more commercials for patreon.com slash the stomper or pinko9514 at yahoo.com as a PayPal address. 
I'm not going to say shit. I'm not going to say anything. I tried to think of like, I want to introduce a chaos, terror, paranoia element into the show like I had the last show. What's going to happen when the show the show ran backwards? I went from one to 500, and when it, uh, it went from uh, 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 combat radio, combatmusicradio.com, which was something Scott Kelly from Neurosis put together, and Kid Nate called me and picked it up and said, oh, why don't you do it on Bloody Elbow? And I said, well, i got to have something to do. So I went from a 1 to 500 on KMBT, Combat Music Radio, and then I went from 500 to, to zero at the conclusion of which would knuckle up, I was supposed to set myself aflame, and I'd actually really worked on that, and I talked to a stunt guy, and he was like, well, you're crazy, and it's not going to work because I had a couple of, like, off-brand ways to do it without all that expensive stuff that you use. And he's like, hey, man, these things get out of control very quickly for what? But nobody knew it was going to happen. And I killed Knuckle Up when it got, when we went, we went up to 500, and all the way back down. I've been doing some version of this show since 2007 when the fight book came out. Because I thought it would be a good thing to get people to buy the fight book. Fight book's been out since 2007. We're talking 12 years now. I, I got no practical reason to do this outside of you liking it. If I have to remind you to go to patreon.com or the PayPal address, eh, no, 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 I'm hiding the pumpkins. So I'm not going to talk about cash anymore. The, the Romanian terror, 275-pound white belt that I'm struggling with all the time, he's like, man, every time I see you, you're talking about money. I go, yeah, you know, Kasha wants to put together a highlight reel of me talking about money on stage with different bands, something I've been routinely doing. I, that speech that I was supposed to give to raise money for the homeless project on Saturday, those fucking idiots canceled it. I intended to give them an hour-long speech. Yeah, I do, I do accept Bitcoin, actually. I'll give you my Coinbase address. You can send it there. But I'm not going to talk about it anymore. The Romanian was like, every time I see your mouth, is, oh, you're always talking about cash. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. No more mention. But like that movie Berlin Alexanderplatz, and that's what you had. See, it comes around. That's why I was speaking German at the top of the show. There's a character in this great TV show that you, if you haven't seen some of it, it's a long-running series uh, called Berlin Alexanderplatz. There's a guy, and he has a little notebook. And in the notebook, he keeps a running log of how long his succession of girlfriends have made him wait. Doesn't say anything about it. Just keeps a note. Hey, let's go to the movies. Great. Okay. And when they get to a certain... When they get to a certain fucking uh, uh, amount of time, he's you have used up your allotment of time, and he breaks up with him. Doesn't call, doesn't explain, doesn't talk about it. He's gone. That's it for the commercials. If one day you're sitting around waiting for the show stomper, and there's no show stomper, you can draw a conclusion like the elephants drew a conclusion about the pumpkins. That's all. I, I, I think when June puts it up, she does put the, the, the YouTube link. But that's I'm not, I'm not reminding anybody. If June wants to put it up, that's fine. I'm done. I'm done begging for money. Fuck that. You know why I started thinking about that? Because I watched that Bill Burr special. And that Bill Burr special was fucking great. It was like almost everything that Dave Chappelle's thing should have been. It was uh, 
edgy and it was fucking trenchant and it was funny and it was real and it's a kind of conversation you might imagine he might really be having if you were there. And that's what we're going for. Very similitude, actual fact, authenticity. You know what the deal is? And I'm, I'm not going to talk about this four weeks in a row. I'll tell you what the deal is. If you've listened, if you tracked both of these personalities through it, men's conception of self. Chappelle has gone on record as saying, I'm a coward. His earlier routines were about how much of a coward he was. Right? Earlier routines. So he gets he, he gets his thing, he starts lifting weights, and he puts on a little size. I know I, I know dozens of guys. Dozens of guys. Dozens of guys who uh 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 who lifted weights and could never squelch the inner child. I haven't been one of them. When I first started training jiu-jitsu, I was 265, and I was complaining about ah, ah, the guy, we were at some fight, and, and uh, a guy from my team was there. And I goes, ah, man, I'm telling you, I got to piss. I'm going to go behind those hay bales and piss. He goes, don't do that. Go use the bathroom. I go, ah, man, I'm going to use the bathroom. Every time I go into the bathroom, creepy shit happens to me. The guy goes, what? Look at you. It's 2.65. What the fuck is going to happen? My first orgy I got invited to, I don't want to go. My roommate, I was 18. My roommate says, why don't you want to go? I said, I don't want somebody grabbing me there and doing something to me. He's like, look at you. Who's going to do that? And I was like, oh. And then I heard Mike Tyson talk about having to not so much kill the inner child, but come to some kind of reckoning. That he wasn't that kid who was getting the, the heads of his pigeons twisted off. Nah, he wasn't that. Guys, who's going to bug you there? But still, <laughs> it still happens. Went to a movie this past weekend. Went to the, to the men's room. Get a urinal on the end. All the other urinals are empty. Some cat comes in, stands right next to me. He wasn't being creepy. It was just a herd instinct. He wasn't thinking. But the inner kid in me was like, the fuck, I'm going to have to knife him in the neck. So this is a long way of saying that uh, I'm not asking for shit anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I got other things to be paranoid about. So, yes, I, I you know, you, you think it's easy to put this stuff in the lake. I mean, I'll try. I'll, I'll try. But I'm going to leave it up to you to remind people. I, I, okay. And those, those the homeless people, well, they missed out. The homeless project thing I was going to speak on Saturday. I was going to talk to them for an hour about how it's crappy that I can't get a more bigger tax write-off for the show. Anyways, uh, I did watch the fights. And we're going to talk about them right now. After I just spent 15 minutes in the commercial telling you that uh, that uh, I'm not going to I'm not gonna do it. Actually, I did care don't care. Um, uh, you know, you, yeah, okay. I, I, all right. Thanks for the tech help. Uh, you're missing the point. But anyway, I did an interesting thing on the carry don't care. I'm going to tease it. You know, at the end of the show, Steph has a, a section called the, uh, uh, off topic, off brand, off, maybe not off. Yeah. I looked at the super chat thing. I'm going to do that. Maybe not off chat. Off the, so what she calls it, I don't remember what she calls it off brand where we talk about something other than a MMA. And she asked me, and Nash couldn't do the show this week. He was doing something, editing, you know, with film business. And she said, okay, I, want, I would ask this to both of you, but you're the only one here. How did you lose your virginity? 
And she goes, I don't really need details. I just want like broad general specifics, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and so I told her, you know, and she was like, God damn it. That's like a great story. Like you should write, write a book about it. I was like, I am, I'm writing a book about it, but it's a novel. And I talk about my personal shit. So I'm just telling you on care, don't care preview coming up on Monday. There, uh, uh, there's a story about how I, how I lost my, uh, my virginity. Uh, um, <laughs> and then I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you just listen to the show, and then we talked about a bunch of stuff after that recorder was off. That's like she's. You got to really write this. I was like, you know, first of all, nobody's gonna believe it, and then second of all, you know, it wouldn't be good if they did believe it. <laughs> anyway, speaking of not being good, if people believe it, let's go to UFC Fight Night one fifty eight. Now, there were some things, uh, let, let's do the internet thing right away, and I'm going to get out of the way the shit that outraged me aggressively. I'm, I'm pulling the fight up right now, and I think you know what it is. I think, I think you know what it is. No, a part, listen, Brian, part of it is that I realize this is like the Billy Ray Cyrus thing. Part of it is that I realize that some of you are carrying the rest of yous. And I don't actually like that. I don't like that fight. I mean, is this me just getting older and having Republican sympathies? I don't like that like 10 of yous are carrying 650 of yous. That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. All right. So, oh, Jesus Christ. I ate something before. See, I don't eat during my own show because I got too much stuff to do. But I'll eat during Care Don't Care, and uh, and I and I and I did. And now my stomach is like, if I vomit on the show, I'll do like, I'll do like the the jujitsu guy said, if you have to vomit in the competition, vomit inside your gi and keep on going. Otherwise, otherwise they will uh, uh, DQ you. I was like, okay, I got to remember that. So let's not. Typically, we'll start the top. That's too easy. I'm gonna go straight to fucking. Um, I'm. Uh, I know I'm not gonna go Republican because uh, they haven't cured the racist thing. You know, I, I just uh, like Chris Rock said. I'm not a big fan of Chris Rock, but he's. Uh, you know, I'd be a Republican too with all the money I have. I just can't get around the we hate black people portion of their program. And all my Trump guys are like, Ah, Eugene, yeah, fuck that. You're, we're not racist. You're just the. Uh, you think the Democrats are any less racist? I said no. I know plenty of racist Democrats too. You know, I know plenty of racist racists. I know racist fascists, but I know fascists that are pretty good. You know, it's like uh, we've we've we parsed we parsed um, we've parsed racism in such a weird way that a guy like Joe Walsh could get out there and say, I, "I've said plenty of racist things, but I'm not a racist." They, you would literally have to find his fingers around my neck and him punching me, saying, "You goddamn black bastard!" And then and then, and then you would even say he could say, "Hey, you don't know what's in my heart." I could have just been saying, you goddamn fat bastard, and you goddamn gray-haired bastard. It doesn't mean racial animus was dry. I don't want to get that discussion with you guys. I'm talking about Joe, the fictional Joe. Well, he's a real guy, Joe Walsh. But anyway, um, let's go to the thing, that, let's do the internet thing and go straight to the thing that outraged me. Um, maybe way, way more than it should be. Okay, I'll, I'll let you guess. How about this? Guess. 
on the UFC Fight Night 158, which of these fights most outraged me to the point where I, I have like hornets in my head? I'll give you 20 seconds to answer while I try to find the fight. Uh, because because I want to, uh, I want, I want to see how they wrote it. Yeah, I, 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 no, yeah, I got something to say about the dancer guy, but that's not it. Uh, no, I loved his outfit, bro. You're, it was kind of a combination of mariachi and like Lee Van Cleef. Uh, almost now, nah, right there, baby, right there. Can you see that? Okay, Todd Duffy. Mother, mother, mother. You know what? When I was down at AKA, when I was down at AKA, yeah, uh, doing that piece on, uh, it was going to be an Aussie Confidential on Javier Mendez. And instead, I turned it into an article on Javier Mendez. But I did record it like, uh, I mean, it was kind of fucked up. The guy who was recording for me had to leave early. How are you going to do the job and get paid for it and leave early? But I guess you'd already said I need to leave early. And the guy who produces the show was like, well, we'll do what we can. That's what I get. That's what, in the professional context at Ozzy.com, that's what Eugene gets. Well, we'll do what we can. Yeah, okay. All right, I got your number. You guys are paying into a bank account that I'll pay you later out of. But that's okay. Uh -huh. So uh, he, he's filming, and I look across the room, and I'm watching Kane, and I got my eye on Sean Bunch. All the cats I recognize that you recognize from the UFC – who trained there? DC is there. You know, some of the guys, the Bellator guys, Tom, Tomas Dion. Uh, and I look at that cat and I go, fuck it. Oh, man. Hey, that's Todd Duffy. And Todd Duffy is killing it, killing it. And I've been in dribbles and drabs. I've been kind of, oh, Todd, you know, I've, I've been making mention of the fact that I saw Todd Duffy, that he was killing. First of all, Todd Duffy is huge. Now, I'm, I used to be six foot one and a half. I've lost some height years of being doing heavy deadlifts just being older i'm now down to six feet i lost an inch and a half uh, todd duffy is still like six foot three something big big old boy and he's in there helping uh who is the the dagestani guy who's not uh khabib the big heavyweight guy and they were doing these speed drills and i said man you know he uh he, he just he's he's a killer so i've been slowly building up now, what you don't remember, and I was interested in how they were going to try to sell it. How they sold it was Todd Duffy was a rising star. He had that nine-second knockout over, I can't even remember who it was. And he was the and then he had to take some time out for surgery. And what? Slowly I turn. Slowly I turn. He took time out for certain. Oh, he must have done that too. It was like the Hollywood thing with Brad Davis and Brad Renfro. Like suddenly these, you know, he's got, you see Midnight Express, that guy's a bona fide star. And then suddenly he's not. And then even more suddenly he's dead. And you start to add one and one, put the ankle bone to the foot bone and try to figure out what happened that this guy went from being a super celebrity to, to nowheresville. Shit that you don't see. Shit you don't see. Brad Renfro said, oh, he develops a drug and alcohol problem. Ah, Brad Renfro is making claims or had claims made about him being sexually molested, allegedly by uh, 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 Brian Singer, film director from the X-Men and all these other movies. 
No, nah, I'm not even saying that. I, if you remember, if your memory goes back, your institutional memory goes back long enough, Todd Duffy got drunk on Todd Duffy. And he got into a skirmish with the bald one. And the skirmish was very much about the worth of Todd Duffy. The fucking four-year-old, the four-year layoff was because he had to be sent out to pasture, bro. He had to, he was like, like one of these cats like Dave Caruso. Well, like, oh, I'm suddenly a big star. Fuck. You know what? There's a latency period in star power because they know that people become stars and they fuck up. You know, one of the most amazing, like the Emmett Smith of MMA, Donald Cerrone, one of the most amazing things is he has, um, he, he, he has done everything that's asked of him and he's done it like it says in the Bible, when you want to donate, you should give money to do, be the hilarious giver, give with a happy heart. He's done everything that's asked of him. The first time he got into a, a cranky kind of public scuffle was with his team, with uh, uh, Jackson Wink, wasn't it? Other than that, he's, you, you, hey, this mafioso guy, I'm not even going to say, let's just call him Bobby C, was a big promoter around here. People, he would lock people's, you know, very, I think he's dead now. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. People are like, man, you work with Bobby C. Bobby C was a motherfucker. He, like, stole all the band's equipment, like, punched this guy in the face and took a guy for a ride and shot some guy. But Bobby C, always nice to me. You know why? Because he cracked me the fuck up. He was so, he was like Tony Soprano, but in California. Every time I saw that guy, I was fucking laughing. He just, and he's like coked out of his head. He's like, ah, man, every time I, hey, I love this guy. Look at him. Every time I see him, he's smart. Come over here, you know. Never, ever. Fuck. That was Cerrone. Happy to do it. Happy to do what needs done. You know, you say, because I realized this with a, with a girlfriend, an uh, old girlfriend once, and I said to her, I can lie to you, which I'd rather not do, can bullshit you, or I'd rather tell you the truth. Useful idiot, maybe. I, I'd rather tell you the truth. And I said, okay. She goes, what'd you do on Friday? I go, I, I slept with the uh, Finnish R pair girl. She goes, okay. And so we had this relationship where there was no sanction. There was no sanction uh, uh, for my... Uh, uh, for my bad behavior, but she counted. I don't even know if she counted on it. The reality of it was if I cared about her even 20, 30%, the pain of actually causing her pain would cause me to alter my behavior and it worked. So that a guy like Donald Cerrone eventually goes, what do you want to pay me? Well, he'll just take anything. And he's such a nice guy that, uh, that you feel bad. Yeah. You feel bad. So he's actually mad like a Joe Lazan is matched to amass huge amounts of money by being agreeable because people like him. They got a problem. You come. Yeah, you got a problem. You come to Donald. You need something. Come to Donald. Your fight's not doing good. Come to Donald. But then you got to come up with Donald's money. Fight's not doing good. Fuck you. Pay me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so, so Duffy got drunk on Duffy and started making outrageous demands. And you know what the bald one said? <laughs> Blow me a kiss before you go. And out Duffy went. That's the real story. 
So now they're trying to explain where he's been. Oh, he was out for four years before injury. He, he may have been out that way too, but I remember because I like Duffy and thought he was going to go far. I remember heavyweights. Huh? Excuse me. So that he set out to pasture. They bring him back. He, he's been training at AK. They don't mention AKA in any of that. In DC, who is the team captain at AKA? Who goddamn knows that he's been there? Soft, 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 slow walks at. Oh, you know, I know him from there. Doesn't say he's been there for six months. Doesn't say they announced another team. So Duffy has a Chris Weidman moment where this out of shape fucking guy who he should handle. Uh, yeah, he did. The out of shape guy who he should have handled, this Hughes cat. Uh, you know, I knew he was in trouble with Jeff Hughes. He's coming in with a body looking like he's training with – like, you know, see that guy hitting the tire. Maybe if he hits it hard enough, a whopper will come out. And then I hear right as they say, I hear – I hear – what do I hear? My little ear. I hear him say, and and Jeff Hughes training with Stipe Miocic. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um. And as it is, quality of boxing, you know, uh, Duffy is boxing like a guy who's going to suffer from ring rust. He's getting tagged and tagged and tagged, and he's ring, he's, he's tired. He's getting beat. He was going to lose that fight. This was supposed to be his re-entry fight. I don't know if they had um, – uh, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, if he I – don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the incentive offers were. But if this is your four-year layoff after four years, you can't be fucking pegged by a guy, Jeff Hughes. Who? Jeff Hughes. Who? Who? Hughes? Who? Hughes. So he, he gets a thumb to the eye. Not like, I can't even remember that fight a few years ago where the finger went in that far to the digit. And I got big hands, right? So the finger went in that far. And dude, I think it was Rumble. Got it. And he kept fighting. He gets a thumb. He goes, ah. So I thought, okay, he's beat. He's militating. He's militating for the five-minute rest. But then he continues. He says, I'm seeing double. I'm seeing double. I'm seeing double out of both eyes. You mean you're seeing double out of the eye? You're seeing double out of the eye that wasn't even poked. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm seeing double. He says, you want us to get the doctor? It's like everybody's trying to wink, wink, nod, nod, bro. We'll give you the five minutes. But once the doctor is in, things are getting serious. The doctor comes in. The doctor wants him to fucking fight. The doctor goes, yeah, you're fine. You, you, you're fine. You go, okay. He goes, no, no, I'm seeing double. He goes, so you, you don't think you can go on? Because, well, I'm seeing double. The guy waves it off. That's it. No, he didn't take the whole five minutes. He did not take the whole five minutes. Take the five minutes. Take the time. But, you know, you're giving Jeff Hughes some time. That was a mockery of a travesty of a sham, and you will not be sick. Whatever crazy smack that the, uh, he was talking before about me, I'm tired of I'm tired of I, I need, I deserve, I need, I deserve, I deserve, I need, I deserve. Yeah, okay. All right. You're gone. Because with 540 fighters on the roster, you have deprived some deserving heavyweight of a spot in the, in, 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 on the, under the spotlight. It doesn't need to be you, man. Like James Chance once sang, 
There's one of me. There's a million of you. Yeah, I, I've never seen anybody take the uh, the five minutes, uh, you know, uh, um, and they continue fighting. Now, I'm not out there saying I'm not out. He wasn't really winning the fight. He was getting tagged. I think it was a perception that he would not win the fight. But this doesn't redound to his benefit. Does anybody, anybody, anybody at all within the sound of my voice want to see Todd Duffy fight again? Todd Duffy realizes that Todd Duffy of now is very different from the Todd Duffy of four years ago and not for the better. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off with that. So, okay, let's go back to the top. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm hating the player and the game. Fuck that guy. You know, actually not the game, the player. That guy, that was just a piece of shit move, man. It was just a piece. Of, I mean, I, I respect there's a guy, Max Moore, who I did the uh, Aussie Confidential with, who was in a fight, winning the fight, looked out at the audience and decided, I don't like the way this looks. I'm leaving. Fucking leaving. Tells the ref, open the door. He was winning both rounds. Ref goes, what? There's a fight. He goes, I told you, open the door. I'll jump over the cage. I'm, I'm done. Walked out. Never did it again. I don't feel a need to exert myself this way. It was a loneliness. That movie, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner, it was one of those moments, and it was fucking genius. Exactly. That's exactly my point. This was designed. This guy was designed. You know what it was like? It's like if Greg Hardy loses to one of those tomato cans. What happens to him again? Well, that's just what happens. Gonski. So now that I got my, my internet outrage out of the way, Let's go to the top of the fight. I don't know why you guys are capping on on Cerrone's uh, outfit. That shit was, if you think Lee Van Cleef, if you think Mariachi, if you think Desert Pimp, that was, that shit, okay, or better yet, you think about me wearing that. That would have rocked. All right? Yeah, exactly, man. How are you not going to like that guy? And he's at this, I mean, look. Look, there's a fundamental difference. Between, like, I like what Kevin Lee tried to come out. He's like, tried to add some pizzazz to it, but that wasn't. You know what? Let, let's do the. Uh, let's do the. Let's do the NYFW. Exactly. He was going for the Doc Holiday. So let's do that. Let's do New York Fashion Week. Take Kevin Lee and drop him in New York Fashion Week. They laughed. You take Cerrone. And he gets invited to all the top parties. That's the difference. Right? That's the difference. Karl Lagerfeld, God rest his soul, you don't laugh, top parties. So I, I, gave, I gave the dude credit. Uh, the fight itself, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a mistake to interview him. And, you know, you said, oh, he was, start, he was trying to steal some of Justin's thunder. I don't think he was trying to steal Justin's thunder. I don't think he was right. I don't think his head was right. I, I don't think his head was right. And as evidence of that, yeah, I think so. And as evidence of that, the crazy stuff he's talking today about, ah, I'm going to get the belt. And as this is a guy who's actually, according to Steph, never had a belt, never held the belt. And he's talking about he's going to get the belt. He's going he's gonna to fight. He wants to get to 50 fights. He wants to get the belt. And listen, we have the irrational exuberance. Uh, 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 we have the irrational exuberance thing. He can talk whatever kind of smack he wants in the post-facto glow of the fight, win or loss, up until Wednesday. When hump day hits, if he's still talking craziness, 
we got to gloss him with the lost battalion misty as fuck because that's that's probably not going to happen it's probably not going to happen bro interviewing him after the fight it was unnecessary the fight was in vancouver it wasn't in new mexico the guy's a fan favorite but he was clearly not right and it all it it, it was on that on that on that edge you know, on that edge with just like kind of uncomfortability. And it was poor, poorly placed. You don't don't let him ODB to Mike when Gaethje won the fight. Yeah, they're friends, but they're still a winner, and the winner has certain rights. But that fight w- w- was an interesting fight. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. I don't feel stupid for things. I picked Cerrone. I picked him to win. Because I, the last two, the, the la- uh, I've seen, because I saw Gaethje lose twice. And the way he lost led me to believe that he was a brawler and and not a um, and not a brawling technician. Like a brawler is a guy who windmills and hopes to get lucky. A brawling technician is like right, right, left hook, right, right, left hook, advance, shift, move the head. Like there's a difference between. Sugar Ray Robinson and Rocky Graziano. Right? It's a big difference. But um, a couple of things, his process of, I mean, one of the things I agree with that he said that I don't think was a product of, of nuttiness was uh, uh, he should they should do it again. Of course, not right away. But I think as a strategic kind of uh, a, a strategic technician, he came in and he goes, I want to feel this guy out. I want to feel this guy out. Feel it. Let's see. They were friends. They had trained before. But I don't think tra- there's certain types of people. Like I know when I fought uh, Gil Melendez, we're just goofing off. But we're friends. We're kind of going casually. But, you know, you fight differently when you fight with people who you know. But there's another category of cat who secretly, like, like, with me and Sorrell. Sorrell, yesterday, Saturday, elbowing me in the eye, punching me in the ear, you know, smothering me, dropping the balls on my eyeballs, you know, every dirty fucking shitty thing you could do like crazy. If somebody didn't know the gym and walked in, and of course, if I should by some accident actually get and pass, which is very unlikely, I start dropping and yesterday, pierced the resistance. He started farting. When? Oh, when he's going for the crooked head scissor. So it's. But I tell myself, I tell myself, yeah. If we were standing up, I've seen his stand up. We would stand up. I fuck him up because I could keep him from taking me down because he's not a wrestler, and I could pepper him on the feet. So if he and I were to actually really fight, we are friends. But I would try to kill him. And afterward, we would still be friends. And that's where I think Cerrone and Gaethje were. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, that's a terrible sport if you think about it. And then he can't, th- can't figure out why I'm so brutal on everybody else. He goes, I'm trying to teach you a lesson. You ever think you're the reason why I'm brutal on everybody else? You're, whatever lesson you're trying to teach me is not working. It's not. No, we don't do that. 
110 percent of the humor at Sorrells is is uh, uh, is, uh, is is uh, homonormative. How about that? So it was like he's feeling the guy out, feeling the guy out, and of course, Ga figuring that Gaethje is a brawler, not a brawling technician. But dude, you know the two types of cats in the face of loss. They're the cats that kind of go, "Oh, it's me, it's me." It's what? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, some guy will try to creep me out when he's rolling. Some guy was trying to roll with me, and he's going, "Man, your lips, you cheap. They're so nice and juicy." I go, "Oh, oh, you're trying to out creep me, huh?" And I start telling him a story that just hard. And he's like, "Okay, stop." Stop. I go, no, we got four minutes of this, bro. So anyway, then I slipped on the semen and I had to run to the bathroom to wash my this. I go, stop, please, please stop. That's right. Legal move. I don't give a shit. I will use the same thing, whatever I got. So um, so anyway, he was feeling them out, feeling them out, feeling them out, and uh got done. Got done. Uh, Gaethje is one of those guys who lose, and his his losing is not a personal issue. It never gets to that. It's a technical issue. He's not one of those cats who's worried out there if he's good enough. Got to taste the loss, figured, God damn, I don't really like that. Keep that from happening again. Do not like that. No thanks. So the paranoia comes in right about now. So he's standing there talking to DC, and I know some of you's uh, some of you's caught this. He's standing there talking to DC. And he goes, what's next up for you? I hear there's an Irishman that you haven't. And he's like, what? No, no, man. I'm talking about real fighters. Like the moment I had with Harry Connick Jr. where he thought he was going to kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Uh, he started telling me he's hanging out with real jazz musicians, and I kept comparing him to Brian Setzer Orchestra. He's like, no, man, like real jazz musicians. Yeah, I know, yeah, like Brian Setzer. <laughs> he's like, you think you can take me? Go ahead, take a swing, Mr. Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, exactly. So DC tries to lead. In what I'm going to call the UFC-directed McRapey rehabilitation program, he's like, "No, man, I'm talking about real fighters. Every every fighter, given the opportunity, diplomacy is about saying nice doggy until you got your hand in the rock. They got their hands on the rock. This is the first fight that McNuggets hasn't put his fucking name in the conversation, and nobody else has. And who does? DC." DC, bringing it up, and everybody, all the MMA press, all of those fucking crawling, brown mosing, butt kissing fucking losers. Or all, oh, did McNuggets do it today? I guess he couldn't wait. Why are we listening to a guy who retired? We didn't make him retire. He chose to retire. Like we didn't make him anally rape that woman. He chose to anally rape that woman. And so now the fix is in. They circle the wagons 
And then, and they, yeah, that was one thing they, they started to get on my case about my use of profanity on Care Don't Cares. Got me dragged, man. I don't really curse all that much, but if you had to edit out all my fucks, it might be a job, you know? Well, there's a pressure. It's a lot of pressure. So all of a sudden, the fix is in, the jungle. Why? Well, you read the Irish, yeah, you, you, uh, you read the Irish Times, and they said, you know what the conviction rate for rape is in Ireland? 8%. It's like just about as bad in fucking Japan. That means I could get up from, if I'm in Dublin, I could get up from here and rape somebody and like, hey, he raped me. Anyway. The only reason they haven't drawn this to its obvious conclusion is because he's got Jack. And when Jack is in play, everybody's got to get paid. That's the only reason. Who would pursue this in the interest of justice? What is justice? And as a lead, they're trying to, you know, work with the schedule that they've got. Because if he's got only got an 8% chance of being convicted, that means he's got a 92% chance of being fucking exonerated. And if he's got a 92% chance of being exonerated, we can make plans for 2020. So let's start talking about Mr. Red Panty Knight, who's really no Red Panty Knight anymore because he's got one loss left in him where he's not going to be making the kind of money and he's not going to. But of course, he's happy to be doing it now because he needs the money. Dublin, December 14th. Uh, is, that the di- is that the day he raped the woman in, the, in her anus hole? Is that the day? Four minutes ago. It is December 14th anal rape day in Dublin? Could somebody could somebody text that to him? Because I, I most certainly will when the show is over. December 14th. Hey, happy anal rape day in Dublin at the at the McNuggets household. That brings us almost to about a year of the attack. Whatever. I hope she gets a huge sum. You know, when I went to Sony, because they had a band, an Irish band, a band from Dublin called Whipping Boy, and they approached me on three separate occasions. On three separate occasions about the name, I kept saying, if you have professional aspirations, change the fucking name, because I'm still putting music out under Whipping Boy. Still. They ignored me three times. I called their lawyer and said, hey, I saw it on the record. Say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, I, well, well, how about I just get, I give you $200? I go, huh, you disrespectful prick. Is $200 going to be what it costs if I slap a TRO on you and you have to pull every record from every store? And it ended up being $22,000. And they couldn't use the name going ahead. It was grandfathered again. And if they used it again, I would get uh, 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 tre- treble damages. I mean, if you want to complete the story, l- later on when I was playing Waylands in, in Dublin, uh, some guy came up to me and ended up being friends with me. Oh, you kind of ruined the band. I, was, I don't give a fuck about your problems. I told you to change your name. I gave you three chances. So, yeah, so uh, uh, McNuggets, it, I mean, what, what your, a better question for me would be, Eugene, what would he have to do to rehabilitate himself in your eyes? Nothing. Nothing. Because whatever interest or, or, 
or sense of, of common shared journey we had stopped when he raped that woman in the ass. You know, when I was rolling with Sarau on Saturday and he's kind of brutalizing me because he's a black belt since he's like 17 and he can, you know, we're struggling. I'm really, he's got me pegged up and a 275 pound Romanian goes behind me like he's going to do some kind of homonormative behavior. And I said, you do that, I'm going to stab you to death on this mat. Got very quiet and very serious. I spend enough time around men to know shit starts as a joke and ends up in very dangerous places. Yep. So, uh, um, so you know, McNuggets clearly is seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. I hope to God that the woman got more than $10 million, maybe $20 million out of it. Enough to make him feel it. If it's anything less than that, he's doing it again. And he's been given a reprieve. If he gets out for 20 mil, consider himself lucky. If he's smart, he'll fucking straighten up and fly right. Want to bet? Bet he doesn't. Like my spies have been telling me, dude makes Johnny Boney Joni seem... Listen, Johnny Boney Joni, the son of a preacher is involved in some parent-son sort of rebellion thing. He's not, you know, class mania thing that he growing up fucking poor. It's a different thing. In other words, the likelihood of Johnny Boney Joni doing progressively fewer stupid things each year, you know, is, is higher than I think uh, it is for McNuggets. Yeah, even that guy, I mean, and and if you want, he, he's got no homegrown support anymore. None at all. Anyway, anyway, I'm done talking. I've spent way too much time talking about, dude, Gaethje won it fair and square. He, um, he, uh, uh, he, um, Cerrone wasn't close. I think Cerrone deserves a remake because I think he came into it with a strategy. In other words, he came into it with a plan. And Gaethje came into it with a process. And these are two very different things. Process sometimes wins out over plan. Oh, <laughs> well, that would solve a lot of their problems if McRapey were to fight in Moscow. <laughs> that dude might not get out of Moscow. And I'm absolutely not joking about that. I did that fight over in, uh, I was a commentator for German TV on that fight, the Red Devil Fight Club, which is used to be uh, a Fedor's connected to Vladimir Putin back in 1999 or 2000, St. Petersburg, Russia. No joke, bro. Not, you know, I've been in some tough places in America, scared as fuck. Not, no joke, no joke. Brazilians are pretty fun-loving people. You know, Chelsona went and, you know, it's, oh, you know, they love me. You know, you got, you won't find the same reception in Russia. Why don't you have to fight in Dagestan? <laughs> See how that plays out. Anyway, uh, Glover Teixeira and Krylov. Um, I picked uh, Glover. He won. I was glad he won. Interesting that he switched to the grappling thing. Uh, Krylov is in a really weird place. He's in one of the most underused category, showstopper categories now, though. However, it's called Koi, Couch of Insignificance, the couch in Animal House that they kept leaving the fat kid in the 
and the nerd kid and the guy with the turban too. I mean, he's an interesting guy, kind of an exciting fighter, but you know, um, um, you know, I, where does he go? 540 guys on the roster, heavyweight or light heavy. What, what's the significance of, I mean, on a division with the, you know, 800 pound, uh, street overload, uh, uh, yeah. Street overload on it. The fuck, what are you going to do? You got to gain weight or lose weight, man. You're just, you're dithering as is everybody. I mean, is, is Glover dithering? No, because dude's almost 40. He's just like, one day at a time, bro. Collected a paycheck. But Krylov, you know, I know if Kid Nate was still into the MMA game, he would have probably picked him. He was a big fan. I love the guy. I love. I said it during the Care No Care preview. I love him, but I wasn't going to pick him. Um, split decision. I, I could see that, but I, I felt okay giving it to Shara. Todd Duffy, I already talked about. Uh, Tristan Connolly was the first really serious don't care who became a care, and that was with the dancing dude. And, like, I made the claim, uh, you know, I'm not going to make you watch care, don't care for it, but the reality of it is there is a subtle difference between, there is a subtle difference between, nah, Glover wasn't as boring. I, you know, I like, I, look, I, I, I like that he switched up from boxing, which he's very good at, and he's back with Hackleman, which would seem to encourage it. To, to grappling, and it was a good grappling sort of clinic in a lot of ways, um, and I, I learned stuff that I put into play today, actually, at jiu-jitsu, so but I'm sorry you guys don't like that. For me, it helped, uh, but uh, what was I talking about? The uh, Tristan Connolly was the, the, the dancing guy. Like I said on Care, Don't Care, there's a difference between showboating and grandstanding, okay? Showboating is what you do on the way to the cage. It's doing the dance with your friends, it's doing the samba, showboating, fairly harmless, right? Because I could put on all kinds of crazy music as I, I could put on some Slayer uh, as, a, uh, uh, you know, as I'm driving to work. But once I show up to work, I'm at work. That's showboating. When you get in the cage before the fight starts and you're doing that shit, that's grandstanding. Grandstanding is assholish. You can do grandstanding after you've won the fight if you've got some fucking animus toward the other fighter, like uh, uh, Masvidal did, running around the cage and then falling over and then, you know, kind of, or many have done. Uh, um, Tank Abbott or that's how he made his bones to uh, Tito originally. Grandstanding is admissible post facto, after you win the fight. Grandstanding before, Hamarsha, hubris, you're fucked. And it was really nice to see this guy, uh, uh, Pereira, fucked. It's like, no, Johnny Walker Red does that shit after too. You can showboat and post facto grandstand, but pre facto grandstanding, you are going to get and t- Steph said, well, I gave, I gave it two to three to, uh, to Pereira. Ah, that's because you, you know, whatever. That's whatever. That's, you can't. No. Dancing dude ha- has that taste. I was so – not only did I want Tristan to – I just wanted him to – I didn't know who he was. Checking that guy, jiu-jitsu guy, black belt. It was black belt magic, man. I'm not going to be a black belt for another five years. If I make it that long, I guarantee you. The level of brutality that I'll be able to bring to bear, constant crushing pressure, will be a thing of beauty to behold. 
So, yeah, he's a care. I'm following Conley. That was a Rocky story to end all Rocky story. I hope they keep putting this guy in action and not just when the fights are in Canada. Uriah Hall, I picked over Shoeface, split decision, but I was choked up there with uh, 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 with Uriah Hall, and uh, I was glad to see him win. He has become um, – his problem was never physicality. His problem was always ahead, and it seems like he's compartmentalized his attack such that he is like um, – Fighting is what I do, and this is a technical problem, and he's removed the emotional element out of it. It's like I'm trying to play chess. I'm not trying to murder somebody. And uh, he was very relaxed throughout, and that's a key to avoiding some of those near submissions, half of those submissions. I was telling two or three guys today I was rolling with, you're way too tense. They told me that for the first six years I trained. I didn't know what they meant. And they said, repent, repent. I wondered what they meant. Leonard Cohen, baby. And they said, relax. I didn't know what they meant. And one day after fighting my second, uh, my fifth maybe pro, and just knowing I was going to get savage, I just relaxed. It's like, fuck, man, this is going to be a drag. I might, and then I started, like, winning and not tapping. Not, or maybe, yeah. Uh, Steph talked me into picking Jim Crute. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to pick circuit off. I can't. Can't run after that football. Lucy says, run after it. You can't do it. Peruvian necktie. That doesn't happen a lot. I did try it on, on the 275-pound Romanian, but uh, that's uh, not. And I did pick hometown guy Mar- uh, marching uh, to Burrow because, you know, the Polish thing. Well, he got murked by a Sakai and well-deserved. And I watched the other fights, too, because it's on the phone, so I could watch it where I was going through my day. I bought some plants. But I don't really care. Hunter Azur and Brad Katona. It was a good fight. I only missed one fight, and that was Chaz Skelly and Jordan Griffin was a good fight. What fight did I miss? Uh, I saw Smoker and McDonald, uh, the, Austin Hubbard, and Kyle Prepapala. I was driving then, so I heard it but didn't see it, and that was the very first one. So um, there you go. There you go. Under 60 minutes. I've been going long. Uh, ah, God, my leg is killing me. Um, I want you to go to the, <laughs> excuse me, Oxbow website. And this is the last, I promise, <clears throat> this is the last um, uh, commercial that I'm doing for anything. It se- all, all of a sudden, it just seemed to seemed unseemly to me. Uh, my nose is itching like mad. Let's see. And I'll give you, because I screwed up uh, Merch Table Oxbow. I screwed up on the address last week. And I just thought it was kind of inexcusable if I'm asking you to go there. Uh, that I okay. Uh, it's uh, oxbow.merchtable.com. They beg all the time for what? Oh, for what? For addresses? Here, I'll just write it because I couldn't figure out whether Oxbow came first or Merch Table came after, and that was pretty inexcusable and lame. I don't want to. I don't want to fumble. I don't want to dust and pour it my way. If I really, you may not know Oxbow. I like Oxbow, but if you're going to wear a T-shirt, yeah, uh, uh, you might as well wear a T-shirt of somebody. I mean, at least people will come up to you on the street uh, and say, "Hey, you know the guy from Oxbow?" And you can say, "Yeah, yeah, I do actually. I listen to his show." A friend of mine. I'll tell you. I'll close with a story. A friend of mine uh, is a hotshot corporate lawyer and uh, trains, and he goes to a, a Starbucks sometimes. You know, out of office meetings, he's venture capital guy, always flying, was just back from Dubai, he's flying all over the world. And the barista starts talking to him, 
or is it Baristo if it's a dude, starts talking to him. And, uh, and he, uh, he, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I owe Jeff a call too. You, uh, I'll do it this week. And he starts saying about MMA and man. And so one of these times the dude's in there with his wife and the bar- barista comes up and goes, Oh man, this is a show that you should hear. It's crazy. But the guy knows all this stuff about MMA and he's written this book. And, uh, uh, my, my, uh, uh, my dude, the corporate lawyer just kind of goes, Oh, well. I'll check it out. And his, his wife says, hey, is it? And he, she's like shooting like daggers at her. And she goes, hey, isn't that that guy you train with? And the guy looks at him and goes, wait a minute, you train with him? And Eric, the attorney, goes, yeah. Yeah, I train with him. Because I didn't want to admit it because I don't want to spend the rest of the time talking about you, you know, I, 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 uh, I was like, oh man, you don't have to talk about me. Just tell him that I'm a dick, and then he won't start talking about me anymore. But he's uh, <laughs> like, this is the guy who just elbowed me in the throat and then fucking herniated the disc in my neck. Hey man, I didn't do that. I didn't do that, Rhonda. Oh, oh, so that was the story. Let me finish off in the last four minutes. My, I started, I realized that when I did that uh, Dave Chappelle callback that I hadn't talked about. The difference between a guy who grows up with his senses as a coward, I did segue into the whole Mike Tyson having to move beyond the inner child thing, but I didn't get, I didn't tie it off with the Bill Burr thing. Bill Burr, when he talks about physical altercations, he goes, he talks about actually getting into street fights. And he says, you know, I need one of these dust ups. And inevitably, you know, there's that moment I had when I was driving home from getting my ass kicked where I thought, eh, you know, I probably had that coming. Understanding why you were beaten put you ahead of the game. Accepting responsibility for that beating put you ahead of the game. Understanding that being beaten is not one of the worst things in the world puts you ahead of the game. Read Joseph Conrad's Lord Jim if you want to study in cowardice. Cowardice makes you fucked up. It makes you fucked up. Because at the point where you start, you need to feel a need to conceal it from others, and you feel a need to conceal it from yourself. And the degree to which you are full of bullshit is a degree to which you harbor a certain kind of anger. And there's a in tone and timbre between Burr and Chappelle. There's there there's a difference. I believe that Chappelle actually had a, a moment of trans confusion. Picked up a woman at a club. I know guys who've gone to clubs. You know the clubs they went to? They were trans clubs. Picked up a woman there and shockingly discovered that she had a penis. Shockingly. Shockingly discovered that she had a penis. You know, whatever. He had to have that moment where he confronted his sexuality, but it's haunted him. And he tells an offhanded portion of his joke. It wasn't even the main joke in the first special, but he got he got he got a, a dis, what he felt was a disproportionate response, and he he dug down, like I threatened to stab the guy to death when he was doing something homonormative uh, to me on the mat when I was being choked by Sorrell. We just had to remind him, weirdness will be crushed, but just you know you're two hundred seventy five pounds, but. You want to try a street fight? Let's see what happens. 
Let's see what happens. Let's see. Exchange, exchange a few blows. So uh, there's a fundamental difference between a guy who's been to the post, knows what it's like, like a Gaethje. I got the loss. I understand it. I've embraced it, and I moved on because it's got nothing to do with me because it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Those are people who make it in life because misfortune is something they don't take, they don't personalize, like me. That's right. Exactly. Got to sleep. I don't embrace it. I'm not. This is why I don't have any patience for this woman. She's a friend of mine. I love her to God. She's I'm just I'm not going to give her any identifying characteristics, but she's constantly she is trying to find she is trying to define a personality via America's relationship to race. And it's pointless. It's a pointless endeavor. I will accept no excuse for non-performance from myself. People who don't give me jobs have dozens of reasons not to give me jobs. I'm not going to focus on the fact that they may not give me a job because I'm a Negro. Not. But the shit that you have under your skin, hidden, that you think is hidden, and that irks and rubs and abrades and dries, this is the kind of stuff that fundamentally screws you up. These are the people who try to build a, a you know, a cocoon around it to, to, to protect the rest of themselves from it, you know, and that cocoon is, is, is the attack mode. I didn't get that from Bill Burr. Like I said to some guy who I beat up in DC once, who tried to carry that shit online and his guy in another band and tried to get crazy with it. And this is post Tupac and Biggie. I said, I'm not going to stop touring. You're not going to stop touring. How far do you want to carry this? How far? Because I guarantee you somebody's going to get hurt, and I'm not talking about feelings. And this is the conclusion. I said, in life, sometimes somebody gives a shot, somebody gets a shot. Yeah, okay. So they're so so they're pretty clearly mentally ill. Let's burn them up in cars, bro. As far as I'm concerned, they're an underdog community and I support underdog communities. Unless you want to come up with a solution for the mentally ill that involves burning cars, gas-filled trucks, shower rooms with Zyklon B, if that's what you're suggesting, then God love you. There was a place that tried that already. I suggest you study up on them. You know, one of the things I was most depressed about Arnold, uh, you spent a lot of time hanging out at Venice Gold and some kid with, with fucking muscular dystrophy or cerebral palsy ca- uh, 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 came, up to, uh, came up to Arnold to, uh, to get his autograph. And uh, Arnold was like, yeah, sure. And he gave him the autograph. And as the kid walked away, you know, he's got cerebral palsy. Arnold starts imitating him for the, to the amusement and the, and the, and the, and the chuckles of, uh, of his fucking psycho fans. And that's when I begin to hate Arnold. 
I was that guy constantly growing up with people like picking on the retarded kid. And I said, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Why would you why would you think that was cool? You know, and I'm looking at the trans community the same way. You know, fuck what you want to do. Do what you love. A video of Arnold making fun of I was there, man. <laughs> there were no cell phones back in like 19, 1992. Sorry. If you choose to dismiss it, you, you may do that as well. But if you remember on the old knuckle up, I was the one that was telling you that Arnold was fucking everything well, well before it was revealed that he had a baby with the housekeeper. I was in the bodybuilding before I was in the MMA like I am in the MMA now. You might want to believe me. So, uh, um, yeah, religion is lame. It is, it is actually lame. Lame, 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 lame. It's different. I'm not talking about spiritual impulse, religion, codified effort to make sense of that is disgusting to me. Spiritual impulse, it's fine. Anyway, I'm rambling now. We've come to the conclusion. Hour and 10 minutes. Uh, this is V80. Uh, I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Oh, yeah, I didn't get to that. We're going to talk about that on Tuesday on if I did it, and then if the shoes fit. Uh, um, we're talking about the, uh, who is the guy, the dude, uh, Shabonia, outing uh, 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 the Baldwin, which I've done on this show in a gentle way, and, and a whole Joe game about their extracurriculars. You know, uh, you gotta be, listen, you gotta be, you wanna, you're a man today, you wanna have an affair? There's a woman who's a journalist whose father had just died. And I don't know that I say that for any other reason. I, you know, whatever. I don't want you to, it's an identifying characteristic. She she's, was attractive. And so I make a play in writing. <laughs> and she puts me on her blog. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, you know. As Rhonda, they've been whispers. But I, in the bald one's defense, I think I must say, me included, and you as well, many of us could have been given the hand that he was given, and we wouldn't have gotten it to where it is today. All credit to that guy. I might have gotten halfway there. I wouldn't have gotten here. I know that about myself. So, uh, so, so anyway, I thought Schwabonia... I thought that that was, uh, in an interesting way, something I liked, but in an interesting way, because I'm big on loyalty, something I very much didn't like. We'll talk about that Tuesday night at 7.30 on If I Did It, followed by If the Shoes Fit. I can now talk about it. I don't know if you know this, but Ms. Tech was our surprise guest on If the Shoes Fit. She was being way too humble about her bona fides. I had the outer on if the shoes fit, because uh, 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 I know people didn't know about what she's done in, in the fight game. Uh, uh, Laura Schooler was a guest, in, a returning guest on if the shoes fit, but we're going to talk about the Schwabonia stuff, guaranteed. Yeah, they were asking, 
mistake. Could you give an intro? Yeah, well, I just know a little bit. I was like, fuck that. Just got back from fucking Thailand and Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. Was at Rufus Sport. It was like been doing this shit for a long time. Had a t-shirt like sponsored fighters. Yeah. Yeah, don't hide your light under a bushel, baby. You should be out there talking. And if you don't, I'll talk for, uh, for you. So anyway, uh, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> I'm going to go take a shower. I planted some plants today. And I swam and I trained. Anyway, uh, V80. I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. We'll see you next week. Look what you made me do! Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh.